Hi, and welcome to Bible study with Bumi. In today's Bible study, I am talking about a topic that I feel confuses some Christians, not necessarily everybody. Some people get it um, and then some don't. But I feel like once we settle this particular topic or settle this particular area of our Christian walk, it has um, a knock-on effect on everything else. And the topic tonight is let's settle this salvation matter. Um, because I've had conversations and I grew up in church. So there are things that I thought about salvation that kind of shaped the way that I approached God, it shaped the way I lived out my Christian life. And the way that I have now looked back on some of those things, as I have grown in my walk with God, as I have spent more time in the word of God, some things have become clearer to me. And one of them is definitely salvation in terms of what we believe. If I did a poll of even those who are with me in the room for Bible study and said, right now, do you believe in Jesus? The answer most likely is yes. Um, and I can potentially look at the chat for this part of the, the study in that, do you believe in Jesus? And if, not to sound morbid, but if you died today, do you know where you are going? Because if we aren't settled about certain things in our walk with God, we will not live the life that God wants us to live. That's the reality. And this salvation topic, we might probably have to talk a bit more about it again in the next Bible study. But I thought we would deal with just the fundamental of it. I want us to settle some things in our hearts because the Bible talks about um, in 2 Peter chapter 1, it's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. It talks about the spiritual growth of a Christian and it talks about the fact that we should add to our faith. You know, it says add to your faith diligence, your diligence this goodness, moral goodness, excellence, you know, it tells you all these things that you should be doing that show that if you have these things, you are a spiritually mature Christian. The very first one there is faith. And when you go into the text, if you go into the scripture in terms of the original word that was used there, the word there that was used was a word called pestis, and it was a word about conviction. And conviction in terms of God, God exists. God created the world. Jesus is the son of God. He died and rose again. You know, it has all these things about what you are supposed to believe, the convictions that you are supposed to have. Those are foundational to every believer. And the one thing I have found, especially in recent times, most especially in the last year, is that in conversations with Christians, I'm from an African background and predominantly a Nigerian background. And I hear a lot of statements like, uh, I want to make heaven. And this comes from people who 
say they believe in Jesus and are born again Christians. And when I hear it, you know, there's a part of you, the old part of you that's like, yes, we all want to make heaven. We all want to make sure that we arrive in heaven. And, you know, when we die, we know that, you know, we want to be secure in the knowledge that when we die, we're going to heaven. And one of the things that I have found as I have spent more time in the scriptures, or not spent time in the scriptures in a perfunctory manner, but spent time in the scripture that I may know him, that I may know his face, that I may know his nature, that I may understand what he has given unto me. One of the things I have found as I have spent more time in the scriptures is that we don't understand salvation. We don't understand what Christ has done for us. And one of the easiest scriptures that embodies what Christ did for us is John chapter 3, verse 16. It is easily one of the most quoted scriptures in the Bible. It is easily one of the most quoted scriptures in the Bible. It says in John chapter 3, verse 16, I'm reading the um, ESV. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For, and then verse 17 says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. You know, one of the first things that we need to settle in our hearts is that God gave Christ for everybody, even the people that annoy you, even the people that are misbehaving, that don't care about him, even the atheists and the Buddhists and all of that. God gave his son for every single person. And what he did through his son was that he made salvation that ability to restore man to God's original design and back into relationship with God. He gave that salvation to all. But the easiest gift that I have received concerning salvation is sitting comfortably in John chapter 3, verse 16. It says he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not die. That's the simple answer. It doesn't mean you won't die physically, but that spiritually you will not die. You will be restored to a life that is eternal. And the word eternal is a word that means never ending. Continuous and continuous. When you are given salvation through Christ, Jesus is basically saying, if you believe in me, if you actually believe in me, you will not die. You will come to a place of continuous life. And you know, when I, when I see that scripture and I think about it, I'm just like, gosh, there's where, what, what, no matter how the cookie crumbles for me today, no matter where, what happens to me in the physical realm, in the spiritual, I am settled. Eternal means never ending. You know, and you have conversations in Christian circles about once you are saved, are you saved forever? The answer is found in that word eternal. 
that when you believe in Jesus, not only are you saved, you are saved forever. You are saved forever. And how do I know this? I see it in, in John chapter 6. I'm reading John chapter 6 now. And even verse 40 says, verse 40 says, For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. And then he also says in verse 47 of the same John chapter 6, I'm reading the NIV. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. It's not that it is coming. As soon as you believe, eternal life is handed to you. And it is not taken away. I want that to begin to wash over you because some of the fears and the worries and the concerns that we have, you know, will literally make you, will, will basically almost kind of fall off you once you know what Christ has done for you. That you have eternal life and it's not something that is coming, it's something that you're already living in from this point on, from the minute you gave your life to Christ, he says, and whoever believes, John 3, 16, again, whoever believes in his son will not perish, but have eternal life. Eternal life is something that is yours right now. You know, it's something that is yours right now. It's not something that you're, that is coming. It's not something that potentially you might lose. And how do I know this? I'm going to open the scriptures as well. You know, because I believe that once we settle these things in our hearts, eternal life becomes an easy matter for us. It becomes an easy matter for us. You know, I, I live my life now from the perspective of I am good no matter what. Like the best gift that I have been given is the gift of eternal life. And I have it already. Because I believe in Jesus. And now that I believe in Jesus, now that that is settled for me, there is nothing that can change it. There is nothing that can change it. It says in John, you know, it says in, not in John, in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 23, it says, now there have been many of those priests since death pre prevented them from continuing in office. Because it was all talking about how Jesus was a priest according to the order of Melchizedek and how he's a priest forever. But then he says in verse 23 of Hebrews chapter seven, I'm reading the NIV again. Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. That is, those who are restored back to God through their belief in him. Because he always intercedes for them. 
he is able to save them completely. He's not partially saving you. He is completely saving you. You are completely saved. You know, there's so many scriptures that literally tell you that you are saved forever. Jesus says to, you know, he says in John chapter 11, verse 25 to 26, I'm reading the NKJV now. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Meaning even if you die in the physical, you will still be alive in the spiritual. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Whoever lives and believes in me shall never. That's, those are the words of Jesus. They came out of his mouth. That if you believe in me, you will never die. And you know, once you begin to just sit with these scriptures, you're like, this is it. Like Jesus came so that that way you become completely restored back to God and not ever have to think you will ever be separated. He says it is a one-time done deal. It is a one-time done deal. He says that in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, he says he did not enter by the means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. There's that word again, eternal. Eternal being that you are saved forever. Remember that this topic in this Bible study is about let's settle the matter of salvation. Because if we settle the matter of salvation, there is a way that we will even live our lives. We will live our lives free. We will actually live our lives free. We'll live our lives as those that, you know, literally don't feel like they have to do anything. And you know, one of the things I was meditating on this week was, okay, if Jesus has saved us, and all we had to do was to believe in him, then what is the works that we're meant to do? Like, are we not meant to be working to keep our salvation? You know, that's what that sentence, ah, may I not lose my salvation. I want to do things to keep my salvation. We think that it is us that will keep our salvation. But the word of God says in Ephesians chapter two, you know, it says in Ephesians chapter two, I'm going to read from verse one. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Verse three says, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. 
Verse 8 says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And if you listen to a previous Bible study, we talked about faith. I said faith is belief. Verse 8 of Ephesians 2 says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The works that we do, we don't do to keep our salvation. We do them to extend the kingdom of God on the earth. We do them to make Jesus known. The works that we do, the things that we do, we don't do them so that that way we secure our salvation. Our salvation is secured. Our salvation is secure. There's nothing taking it away. If you believe in Jesus, your salvation is secure. He says you have eternal life, eternal salvation. It's not something that you are going to lose. It's not something that is running away. It is something that is already yours right now. You don't have to do any works to keep it. He says, specifically in verse 9, it's one of the scriptures that literally liberated me from feeling like I had to do all these things in church to prove my salvation, to keep my salvation. It is not by works so that nobody can boast that, ah, it is because I prayed 20 hours. That is why I am saved. No, I'm not saved because I prayed 20 hours. And you know, the problem with, with when we think is about works is that, and we think it's about a certain posture, a certain position, a certain posturing that we take. We think that if we do these things, that's what's keeping us safe. No. It says Christ is seated with God. He's a priest forever, making constant intercessions, consistently standing for us, saying to the Father, don't look at it. Don't get upset. I'm standing here. I've paid it all for her. That's literally what Jesus is doing. He has saved us to the uttermost. He has saved us to the uttermost. And we must embrace what he has given us. Because when you embrace it, you live a life that is free. You live a life that suddenly, it just, you know, it just makes you relax. I think is the word I would use. Like, just relax. Because the more, you know, the more we focus on what we need to do, what we need to do, how we need to do it, the more we focus on that, the, the less likely we are to enjoy where we are. Because we'll be wrapped up in all sorts of things. You know, we will be wrapped up in all sorts of things. We'll be wrapped up trying to do so things that God never intended for us to do. And religion will, you know, religion will try to keep you in bondage. Literally, religion will try to keep you in bondage. It will, it literally ensure that you can't go get out of its grasp. It will keep telling you that you need to do all these things to stay saved. You know why? Because it's easier to sell that message, to keep people in church and to keep people in their Christian walk than it is to preach grace to them where grace says, I've paid it all. It is finished. Like, 
when you think about it, Jesus said it is finished. Like I've done everything. Why would I pick up works for something that's already done? Why would I pick up extra activities for something that's already done? He says that not only are we saved, he says that and none can snatch them from, from the Father's hand. None can snatch us from God's hand. This salvation that has been given to us ensures that we stay here. I love the gift of salvation. I love what Christ has given to us because, you know, it just makes my life easy. It makes my life easy. Like easy. John chapter 10. When you read from, when you read from verse 28, it says, John chapter 10 from verse 28, it says, um, it says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else no one can snatch them from the father's hand like nothing can separate you from your salvation he says i give them eternal life and they will never perish like i said there's more to unpack in in the topic of salvation and we probably need to come to that in the next bible study but for now can you be at peace knowing that Christ has saved you and in saving you, you will never die. You are united with Christ. Like when Christ hung on that cross, you hung on that cross. When Christ was put in the, the grave, you were put in the grave. When Christ went into hell and collected the keys back from Satan, you basically went and did the same thing. When he rose again, you rose again with him such that you are now raised back to life. You are now raised back to life. That's why I said today's topic is literally let's settle the matter of salvation. So that that way, you know, and these are the basics that we need in our walk. It's nice to know about prosperity and abundance. But you will not access it properly if you don't understand what salvation is and what you have received as a result of your salvation. You know, it's why if you know that salvation then restores you back to a place of righteousness where you are in alignment with God. Where you are now the righteousness of God with Christ Jesus. When you understand that salvation has given you that, there is a way that you even pray. I don't pray prayers where I'm literally begging God for something. I stand as a confident child of God because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But I got that through my salvation. The salvation that Christ gave to me is what makes me that confident. It is the salvation that Christ gives me, that, that Christ gave me, that allows me to walk into certain places and expect demons to flee. 
Salvation is a free gift, but it is one of, it is not even one, it is the best gift that you have been given. And you must understand it and settle it. Salvation, your salvation is eternal. If you list, if you don't take anything else away from this Bible study, take that away. Your salvation is eternal. The word eternal is never ending, forever and ever and ever and ever. To the ends of the earth, forever and ever. That is your salvation. It is eternal. Nothing, you know, like it's not going to end in a million years. As long as Jesus is alive and he's alive and well, then you stay saved. Nothing is taking away your salvation. You know, there are things I'm like, oh yeah, but there's a part in the scripture where it says that some people fall away. I'm like, it lists all the conditions. And tonight, tonight is not the night for discussing that. But it lists all the conditions for those people before they fell away. And most Christians have never even met those conditions. Many are not even there yet. So. The last, all I'm saying without belaboring the point is settle it in your heart. Like settle it in your heart. I am saved. I am saved. God has saved me. God has saved me. I'm not waiting to be saved. I've been saved already. You know, the Holy Spirit is so funny. He said to me sometime in December, you know, I can't remember what it was. I, I was stressing about something. And he said to me, said to me two sentences. The first one was, um, I'm not coming to save you. You're already saved. His name is Jesus. And then I'm not coming to help you. I'm already here. I'm your helper. Like you are the help of the Lord. You already have me to help you. So it's not a case of the help is still coming. It's a case of I'm here. What do you need? And, you know, as soon as he said that, something shifted in my mind. Like, I don't need to go and look for help. I don't need to go and look for saving. I'm already saved. It's a almost like continuous present thing. If, if we could use that kind of description. I'm saved. I'm not waiting to be saved. I'm already saved. And my saving is not a, 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 a temporal thing. It's an eternal thing. It lasts forever and ever. So, like I said, Let's settle the matter of salvation. Come back to the scriptures that we've, I've talked about. And there are many more scriptures, many, many more that talk about eternal life, that talk about what Christ has done for us and the life that we have because of Jesus. Once we settle this matter, it shifts the way that we interact with God. Because we're not afraid that something is, we're going to do something that will make it go, like make us lose it. We're not going to lose it. It's given to us. It's given to us forever. And it doesn't mean that you should then be badly behaved. The Bible talks about how one who does not, who, who behaves badly fully doesn't understand what they've been given. Because if you understand what you've been given and you understand the love that gave it to you, you'll want to do good. You won't want to act badly. You will want to behave badly. But that's a Bible study for another day. Tonight, 
let's settle the matter of salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God bless you. God keep you. I pray that the light of the gospel will penetrate your heart on this matter and that you will begin to grasp the free gift, the beautiful, amazing gift that God has given to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.